And hey everyone, welcome to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and social commentary from an Asian American perspective. I'm Marvin Yue, your host, along with my co-host Christine Minji Chang. Good morning or good day to you all. Hello, hi. I don't know what time you're listening. Well, it's morning for you. It's nighttime for me, and this is episode fifty what? of the Collabcast. Been doing this for fifty weeks. Fifty, fifty. <laughs> I can't believe this. This is insane. But we're not at fifty-two. We're not going to like overdo fifty. We're going to go for the fifty-two. So <laughs> whatever. It's yeah. Big. Well, fifty is pretty big. It is. We knew we is. can get up to fifty. But you're right. Fifty-two is in two weeks, which would make mark our one-year anniversary. Well, I've been thinking: should we celebrate the fifty-two or the fifty-three? Because technically, the anniversary would be week fifty-three, right? Yes, but I think 52 is a great marker of we have completed one year. So at the end of it, you can expect some, like, you can play some music or some hooting, hollering. Just get ultra excited. I don't know. I don't want to ruin it. We're not going to do anything. Let's not or hype it up we? too much. Or are we? We still haven't figured out who we're inviting or if we're having guests. Um We've been kind of it's been kind of hard getting guests lately. Maybe because we're recording at this really weird. Yeah, just time. to explain. I mean, Marvin. I mean, props to Marvin. He has been <laughs> in every situation possible in Asia, and we have been recording. Uh, what one international time before this was the London one, right? When I was in London, and yeah, now for the last what five weeks? Is it five? Five episodes. It's been almost six, I want to say, okay, and it's <laughs> God. And we, I really do want to uh, thanks everyone for you know hanging in with us because I understand that having a groggy, sleepy Marvin and a very just a woken up Minji as it's a little tough, but um, hopefully, well, next week we'll I'll be back in the states, which I'm excited about, and uh, we'll have a for reals person-to-person podcast yes, for the first I'm time in forever. And I, I, we have a guest that I haven't even told Marvin about yet. Um, should, oh, yeah. I, should I share here? Do you want me to tell you off the air and surprise everybody? Uh, let me know later. Okay. We want to surprise everyone. But, <laughs> but we yeah. have a bunch of guests coming. I mean, people have been um, really excited to to be featured, to sit down. Not even featured, just like sit down and chat because podcasts are so much fun to record. And apparently we've done a pretty good job because... Like, oh, I want to be on Collabcast. It would be hilarious and fun. So <laughs> we're setting a good, we're setting it up good for our, for our guests. Yep. Well then, stuff to look forward to next week, but it's not next week. This week is this week. So each and every week we start the podcast off with a roundtable discussion where Minji, myself, and sometimes our guests will bring a pop culture or social commentary topic that's on their minds for the week to share and discuss with the group. And so, like we said, this is my last week in Asia. Um, been here Aww. for about six weeks now. Have you had enough? And, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm heading home on Friday. Um, so Friday night, and then I arrive Friday night. The thing with traveling back to the to the uh, to North America from Asia is that you go back in time. Yes, you do, and you get your day back. That's amazing. The same thing <laughs> when you like go to the East Coast. It feels like oh, I left at two and I got back at four. Yes. Yeah, but this one, I'm leaving at 11 p.m. on Friday, and I get to the States in California at 7 p.m. on Friday. You so, really are time traveling. Literally going back you in time. You let me know how Friday is. 
Let me know how Friday night is. be all right. So I was just thinking about talking with you every week is probably the only time I've been using English these past six weeks. Oh, what? Really? (laughs) Zero? I've been using... Yeah. um, Because, um, well, I guess in Tokyo, in Japan, I was using English too because it was easier. That's what I was about to say. Um, I was like, you speak Japanese? But... In China and in Taiwan, I've been mostly using Mandarin to, to speak and to like order things or talk to, um, you know, people around here. So it's been actually that's not true. Last, um, I actually just hung out with Jenny Yang um, on Sunday on my last day in China, and we, we walked around um, Shanghai together. And so I was kind of switch code switching between Chinese and and English with her because we were with my other friend who's one of my classmates from my grad school program who's from Taiwan and then so we all kind of uh, you can tell people were, were were staring at us sometimes because we would switch between Mandarin and English like at a drop of a hat I love that based on whatever's whatever's easier at the time wait do, but physically speaking also do you guys like look really different can you can they tell by your appearance that you're American or do you blend pretty well um Sometimes people can tell that I'm a little different because I'm taller. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are a lot more tall people in Asia now, too. So it's not exactly Growth like hormones. a defining thing. But um, th- I think the way I dress and the way that I like wear my hair or there's some there's definitely parts of my demeanor that is not local. Right. Um, That's why I ask. Yeah, I actually did get stopped by a girl um, on the street asking me if I was from Taiwan. I was like, no. I was like, yeah, you, you don't look like you're from Taiwan. So <laughs> You look like an outsider. I miss Jenny. Yeah. But... That must have been fun. And I'm, it, I probably was loud. I lo- That's what I love about <laughs> hanging out with Jenny. And it's funny. You can't keep like a, well, between her and me, we can't keep a quiet <laughs> conversation because we just get really, really loud and excited. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's why I also asked like, oh, could they tell, I mean, could they tell that you weren't <laughs> from Asia? Not say that Asian people are quiet, but it's a different type of loud. You know what I mean? Oh, no. Chinese, like Chinese mainlanders are kind of like Chinese people are loud in general. Yeah. We, we like to, we, we speak at a higher decibel when we're. Like, have, if you've ever been to, like, a Chinese Chinese restaurant, like, not, yeah, like, Panda Express or any of those, but, like, an know. Asian restaurant, like, Chinese restaurant, like, things, it's loud in there. Like, have you ever been to dim sum in the States, in, like, California? Like, it's that loud all the time. Okay, I kind of need to get dim sum now. Now I'm like, <laughs> anyway, but, staying focused. Uh, we, I was supposed to get more time with Jenny and with our friend Clarissa, who's also there, who's Jenny's traveling with around China. She's, um, she's doing her year-long trip in china to collect recipes from the different provinces um jenny was supposed to come earlier to hang out in shanghai and go walk and go around but uh she got held up in the states so um, we were only able to meet for one day but it was really fun uh, one of the things that we um we checked out was um there's this thing in so there's a central park in shanghai called um Gongyuan, which is basically the people's park mm-hmm. uh, because everything in china is the people's Okay, thing. but um, in this park, there's this thing called the marriage market, which is where like mom and dads come and they print out little profiles of their sons and daughters, stick them onto umbrellas for other moms and dads to go around the shop and try to match people up. Say so what? Is there like contact yeah. info on this? No, it's um, it's all negotiations between parents. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, we were looking My at mom's profiles. Be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, well, they're all in Chinese. Um, most of them didn't have pictures, uh, so you had to take oh. everything at face value. But the <laughs> the things they listed were like what year they were born. So it ranged from everywhere from ninety two to like seventy five, nineteen seventy five. <laughs> so like basically twenty five year olds all the way to like thirty five year olds, oh and maybe God. some even older. Oh my and, God. And um, it lists things like where they went to school. What's of their course. job? What their income is? is their GPA? Um, what their height? Um, and their temperament. Some of them actually um, talked about their temperament. Like, <laughs> hey, that's important stuff. I want to be like, I'm like, oh, this is my son. He's really smart. He's an engineer. He's a total hothead asshole. Like, that's important <laughs> to know. But this is a funny thing. Do- I think it's a big difference because Korea would absolutely have photos. There's no way that they would share that stuff. They would find a way. Sure, photo. This is my beautiful son or daughter. I don't know. I feel like that's a really big difference. See, I need. That's one of my goals. I need to go. I need to get my butt to, back to Asia. It's been eleven years now, and I just need to understand it. And this is what Steve, our friend Steve Lim, who we constantly argue about Korean culture, he defends mm. it to the you know the his time breath. He's just like, well, you're when was the last time you were in Korea? That's what I'm saying. It's been eleven years, so. Yeah. I mean, I definitely observed it. I mean, I'm constantly, I feel in a way, I'm always in an extended Korean culture, always. Um, <laughs> and especially living in LA and whatnot. And I'm always aware of what's going on. But it's different to be there and experience it for myself. So I want to go well, and see. Yeah, well, I mean, here's what I hear about Korea, which, like, you can say the same about China and Taiwan, too. Like, um, culture develops, right? De- develops quickly, like, things get shared. And then. The thing with immigration is like the cultural values or norms that we experienced growing up were we're kind of stuck in time sometimes from like when our parents immigrated or when our when our you know when our people immigrated here, right? So something I hear about Korean culture right. sometimes is like Korean culture in the states, especially in LA, like Koreatown, is kind of stuck in the seventies, whereas Korean culture in actual South Korea has kind of moved on and is a lot different. Right. So, yeah, maybe it is time for you to go check it out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's been over a decade. I think it's really time. And, and everyone's like, oh, this is it's really different from when you were here last. And Well, your your grandparents no, are here yeah. in the States, I just, right? I mean, uh, no, my, uh, my paternal grandmother mm-hmm. is in the Bay Area. And she lived in L.A. for a while. So I would always visit her. And so she was living in Koreatown. So it always kind of, that's how, that was my regular intake <laughs> of Koreatown, L.A., uh, but then now she lives in the Bay Area, and then my paternal grandfather has passed away, and then my maternal okay. grandparents have always lived in Korea. My grandfather just passed away, but they've always been in this, the same house that oh, my wow. mother was raised in. They have not left that house, that building, for <laughs> a jillion years. So it was, yeah, I love visiting. I've only been there maybe like four or five times. Wow. In my life. So it's time to go back. Yeah. And I want to go party, honestly, and I'm not a huge <laughs> party. I love dancing. So, yeah, I want to go and... And see if I can rally and stay up past uh, 1 a.m. You should go before you get, you <laughs> Be know, a trooper. before like, old age sets in saying. and our energy. Like, I'm running out of steam. <laughs> man, it's tough. I'm getting it's old. These days. Um, yeah. Can't wear the same shoes. You probably have to wear like orthopedic shoes with support. <laughs> like, you guys, my I heels. actually just um, walked. So I took a walk today through where my, gra- where my maternal grandparents used to live. And their old house was um, torn down and is now a giant park in the middle of Taipei. 
So it's my first time kind of visiting there since since they moved from there. And I don't know. It's um. So I used to go to Taiwan once a year f- from basically until high school, and even before that, when I was three, I spent I want to say at least half a year in Taiwan and in Asia, just living with my grandparents. So I think it, my parents were trying to settle down in LA, so they sent me to. Uh, my grandparents lived for a little bit because I distinctly remember going to a Chinese preschool. I don't remember what I learned there, but oh. I do remember it. It was behind um, where my grandma's place. So, um. so you were totally walking down <laughs> memory lane, remembering your childhood. Yeah, I mean, so speaking of things developing, I was talking with Jenny because Jenny is going to be in Taipei next week, and she hasn't been back in ten years neither. Mm-hmm. And so in high school was the first time I had an extended period without going back to Taiwan. So it was four years, and in that four years, basically they built up their the MRT, which is their their subway system. And so coming back, like everything mm-hmm. changed. Like suddenly the city was way more accessible, and things developed fast around here. You know, <laughs> so I need. I really. Need, I just my resounding feeling is <laughs> I need to go back. I need to go understand Asia now. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely been interested to hear because I was never intrigued to really head to Hong Kong or Taipei or mm-hmm. China. Um, I've heard about it my entire life because my best friend's Chinese and she came uh-huh. from mainland China. But yeah, and then my brother went there and he studied abroad. And I thought last summer and I thought it was like the perfect opportunity. But then I was traveling uh-huh. for collaboration, so I didn't go. But um, <laughs> yeah, it just didn't work out. But I'll go back. I really want to go. Oh, we'll see. Damn you, collaboration. Well, what are you going to miss? Are you going to like be really sad to come back to the states? Are you excited, or is it? It's kind of mixed because going back home means you know, working for reals again. (laughs) Um, Work, but mostly I'm going to miss. Damn it! I don't know. There's something cool about being around, like your people. You know, Um, there's definitely something cool Mm -hmm. about like we talk about not feeling like a minority in LA or, or in California, even though we are. Um, but here we truly are the majority and it's kind of cool. I'm sure when Jenny comes up, we'll have her on the podcast to like debrief her about her trip as well. But we were talking about just every time we see like a white dude, we're like, white dude, like, what do you, know? you know, yeah, <laughs> let's talk. We can speak your language. <laughs> and then they turn out to be German or French or Russian. Or a lot of Russians. Out here too. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. What was in, when I was in Europe, it was just all Australians, they travel a lot. Mm. Anyway, I know you're going to miss the food. Miss the food, yeah. Mostly how like how cheap... Like, we talked about this before, but how cheap it is. It's yeah. really... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. You but... can eat all the things for like a few dollars. Just really in, good food too, yeah, right? Yeah, it's really good. And just in general, just say what you will about Chinese food in LA, in the San Diego Valley. Like, food here is... It's better. <laughs> Especially Chinese food. I kind of... I'm kind of excited about going back to the world of personal entrees and, I don't know, steaks and stuff. But I will miss just um, being able to have good Chinese food all the time. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm hungry. Yeah. I hate you. And you, I was on Facebook for a second and Jenny's food and uh, you, guys, I, you guys all suck. Oh, it's yeah. Like they the went, worst times to look at it. <laughs> they went to a really <sighs> cool place called um, Da Pai Dong in Nanjing, which I was there. You know, last we talked about, you know, the memorial and stuff, but they had the best they call it the call, like a roasted duck buns, 
And it's basically a shallong ball, but with instead of pork, it's duck meat, and it's just it's so good. See, I've never been big on duck, and I ate it both in Paris and you know in Chinese food. Like they love duck, and I was, it's okay. I'm gonna get a lot of crap. Whatever. I'm just it's not my cup of bird. <laughs> I prefer chicken and turkey, but it was it, it's it's really good. I think it's, it's just okay. Super, I, you I, can I, eat those people, the lesser birds. No, no, no. Leave the ducks to it's, us. People who can duck. Yeah. You know what's better than duck? Goose to eat their own. Oh man, goose is, is so good. I've never tried. I'm sure your brother ate a lot of goose because Hong Kong goose is really, really good. I'm sure he did. Yeah. He was very adventurous out there. <laughs> anyway, uh, looking forward to having you come back and and work. Yeah, no, so um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good year. Excited yeah, it's to already uh, off to a pretty good start. <laughs> excited to be back in my bed. I think that's what's what's I'm most excited about. Is just um, <laughs> just being home. Um, but it's um, being here definitely. Like, I could thinking about it, I can probably live here if I wanted to. Maybe down the line somewhere, but it's uh, maybe why not? It's been a good do, trip. Like honestly, if you do like for a year or five, it passes so fast. Yeah, and YOLO. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that's my topic. Uh, what are you? What's your topic for this week? Um, my topic is. The passing of the one and only David Bowie, which I feel a little bit conflicted about talking about because I didn't closely follow David Bowie's life. It's just I feel like he was such a big star that it's kind of like uh, were you, it's kind of like Prince. Were you Madonna. too cool? Too cool to follow? No, I wasn't. David Bowie. <laughs> Again, it's just preference, bro. Stop like pinning stuff on me. I just didn't. It wasn't um, my. I mean, I was much more a Michael Jackson. Like, I wasn't even a huge Madonna fan. I feel like I listened to more Madonna as an adult than I ever did growing up. It's mm-hmm. kind of a generation before us. And um, I felt like Michael Jackson was very universal, like, timeless pop star. But apparently that's also, you know, who David Bowie was. And I was just listening to a lot of people's thoughts and reading their posts on their hardcore fandom. And I was really moved because I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, I, he's always been a very notable figure and you always knew who he was but I knew who he was by his face and his style and everything like that yeah I mean apparently I knew more songs than I thought I did (laughs) I mean David Bowie's all like I was super bummed to hear about his passing just because like while I wasn't I I didn't follow him religiously like I was a fan of his music and his style and just like what you said was correct like Michael Jackson like he's on that level of Michael Jackson in terms of prolificness and influence but in different ways because uh, while Michael Jackson was always more pop like David Bowie always traded in he he was known for experimenting with different styles and playing different genres like if you listen to all of his albums they're all really different like his voice is the same so cool that's what I heard yeah, yeah but then like he was one of the first to do a concept album. You know, he had alter egos. Um, he wore, like, like Prince, like, he was very, you know, garish on stage. Like, hearing people talk about just seeing him live, like, a lot of people say, like, he was probably one of the best live performers they've ever seen just because he was a showman. And a lot of his, you can see his influence. If you just listen to his music, you can hear his influence in a lot of different um, genres to follow. And his style, too, like, you know, there's a lot of people saying that there, there wouldn't have been a Madonna if there wasn't David Bowie. There wouldn't have been, you know, Ooh. all these other artists if there wasn't for David Bowie's influence because he celebrated being different. 
or trying right. new things, right? And that's I think that's the resounding image I have left of him. Like <laughs> when I heard, I was like, wow, that's somebody really. It was, it, and this is coming again from like a non-huge fan, right? Not to say that I don't like David Bowie. I just wasn't. <laughs> I, I didn't go buy his albums. You know what I mean? But yeah. I listened. I mean, if if you're that big, you kind of by default here because it's playing on the radio all the time, or it's like under pressure, you know. And I was like, yeah. oh my god, that's a David Bowie song. I didn't even know that because I feel like <laughs> that he was in that. And like it's it's silly, but. Um, he just was an influence, right? So you you just know this guy made a lot of other people unleash their creativity just by him being himself. That was yeah. a very resounding um, image of him that I had. I was like, I just remember him wearing all these different <laughs> costumes and wearing makeup. And I thought that was awesome because... You know, and it was definitely a question in my mind. I was like, oh, was he gay? But he was married to freaking Iman, like the supermodel of supermodels. I think and he's apparently- self-professed bisexual. I think that's what he yeah. identified as. But in, even in that, like, you know, and there's no judgment in that. It's just kind <laughs> of like that, that question of him being so comfortable in his own skin and being like, I don't care. Question me. Right. <laughs> like, I'll wear this and it's cool. This is for my artistry, but it's also who I am as a person. And I don't know. It's just very, like, bold guy. That's how I, I've always just... Yeah, known him, and I think that's how he'll always be remembered. Very, very bold and fearless, and artistic and creative. <laughs> and there's always, awesome. yeah, there's you know, there's been a lot of talk about just the people that he, you know, there was a so um, one of his most popular albums was um, Young Americans, and it was a very more like almost funk, funky kind of pop music. But hey, I'm down with that. during that time, you know, his backup singer was Luther Vandross. What? Like, he was one of the first people to support him. David support. Bowie and Luther Vandross. What? That's crazy. Yeah. Well, okay, so that's funny. I just shared it. So in all of these, you know, these this outpouring of love and sadness about the, his passing, of course, you know, everyone's just reflecting and sharing their favorite song, their favorite album, and thanking mm-hmm. him for his contribution to culture and whatnot, right? And And it was definitely not a bandwagon thing. It was just kind of through osmosis and learning about all the, his greatness, right? Like all the songs that he produced and how his, uh, his creativity and his boldness kind of unleashed this and others, right? It was really cool. So, and, and I've always been intrigued by this guy. So it wasn't like, I'm like, oh, I'm not a bandwagon fan because I still don't know all of his music. But this guy was a pop culture icon. So um, I was just watching videos and whatnot. But there's this one interview that he did with mtv that i did share because i watched all it was like five minutes but he's sitting there in 1983 and really gracefully grilling the interviewer going like why are there no black people on your channel why don't you play (laughs) any black music he's like i'm sorry but there's so much good music out there that you're not playing how come the only time that you play it is like a couple of these videos between I think I'm really specific. He's like, it only happens between one AM and three AM. Why? Like, <laughs> I was like, damn, you know? This is yeah. nineteen eighty three. So he I mean in general, he was just like and he wasn't even a jerk about it. He's just asking the guy nicely. He's like, So what's up? <laughs> <laughs> so I think he's just like, Yeah, oh, I love him. I was like, This guy. Who are yeah. you? He's such a boss. <laughs> I'm sure everyone's heard his first hit out, out the gate was um, well, not out the gate because he did spend a couple years um, paying his dues. But his first real commercial, like commercial pop hit, was "Space Oddity," which in itself is a prolific song because, like, you know what that is? Is it um, "Ground Control to Major Tom"? That song? I know that song. <laughs> okay. And like, 
that song in part that specific song too has inspired a lot of different songs to that style as well kind of like even to this day you see like its influence on like other people yeah there's a there's a yeah (laughs) no i mean i need to go listen to that song and like i want to listen to i guess his top 10 hits because there's been a lot of reflection on like what a lyricist he was and i love that Mm. because that's one of my major complaints about a lot of songs. Not to say that, you know, I end up loving songs despite, <laughs> like, trying to resist <laughs> um, a lot. I won't go into detail. But there's a lot of pop songs now that are so popular. And they're really, really catchy. And they're really fun and good to groove to. But I'm big on lyrics. And I love when you are telling a story or you're saying something in a very meaningful or clever way. Uh, which is why I love hip-hop, where yeah. they take something and, like, just... <laughs> turn it on its head, right? When it's done well. I love that. And I heard that David Bowie's like a crazy like writer. Yeah, his really songs writer. are very like just some of them are kind of weird, but they're all interesting. They make which you is think. which is <laughs> um and there's a lot of great quotables, but yeah, I mean one of the um one of the biggest I guess my most memorable things about David Bowie was back in college I had a friend who worked for uh, the UCSD theater, um, she was a sound designer. That's what she was studying. And so uh, she invited me to one of, um, I think it was the 2016, no, not 2016, that's this year, the 2006, 10 years ago, holy crap. Um, 10 years ago, um, the 2006 um, dance recital. And one thing everyone should know about the UCSD arts programs is they are all about experimental stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, slight tangent anecdote like i took a a class once called contemporary music and you hear that you think oh maybe it's like you know pop songs or whatever no it's experimental stuff (laughs) so um disclaimer our final was listening to a writing in like a piece on a piece that we had listened to which is a 20 minute piece of someone recording a vent that turns on and off what (laughs) what uh, <laughs> that was like our issue with this podcast, like turning my heater on and off. That that was recorded, and then yeah. you had to listen to. Okay, pretty much. Well, uh, maybe I'm just not on that level of artsiness to appreciate that. Yeah, result. but like going back to the story. So the dance recital for the dance program that year was a basically a dance performance to the entire album, David Bowie album of Diamond Dogs, which is one of his lesser like lesser popular um albums i think the only song that people really like from the album that got popular at least was rebel rebel but they ran through his enti- the entire album to like dance and like like the dancers were wearing like david bowie inspired costumes and it was really really it was super interesting just i love that that's like a great <laughs> costume party actually i was just imagining it in my head i want to be part but of that. since then like that's probably the album i've listened to most from his his catalog and just because, like, the songs just kind of stuck with you. So. This is, like, that's why I like talking about music with you because I usually have a very general understanding and I can kind of just impart my general opinion and feelings. And then you know all the, the albums. I was like, Marma's going to break it down. <laughs> I knew this in my head. I was like, this is a good topic to talk about because then you can educate me and that's what I like. Um, and now I need to go listen. And so you, off the air, I would like for you to... You know, give me top ten songs, like his most iconic songs that I gotta listen. Well, you to. should listen to his latest album, the one he released. Like, yeah, I heard they were just right before he like died, days right? before he died. Um, it's been getting okay, a lot of buzz, and it's very, it's again, it's a, it's another 
reinvention of his sound because this one's a lot more bluesy and a lot more kind of dark. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like that's it was it. Well, Johnny Cash has always been kind of dark, but even like that song "Hurt" that Johnny Cash released right before, you know, in his late late life, and it's just so heartbreaking. <laughs> and I feel like that's what that's what's so cool about a musician. Here's the other thing about, and that's you why know that's I, a cover song, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Nine Inch Nails. It's See? a cover song of Nine Inch Nails. Oh. That's what, so his, his last couple albums Johnny Cash did were all cover songs. Like, This is why music intrigues me. But see, this is what I'm saying. When you take one song and then you have a different person sing it. Um, I've heard, I forgot. There's a Sam Smith version of something that I, I thought was so, not hilarious, so amusing how different it makes just because he sang it in mm-hmm. his very melancholy way. Oh, it was uh, How Will I Know. He sings Whitney Houston's How Will I Know, which is the most <laughs> upbeat, you know, 80s dance song that always puts me in a great mood. But he yeah. sings it and it's like the most tragic as like, I need to <laughs> sit down and weep version. But that's what I think is so cool. And this is why I think it's awesome that musicians keep making albums later in life. Right. And I think with pop culture, it's so customary. I was talking to someone yesterday about acting, but it's so silly that once you hit a certain age, right? And this is our obsession with youth. That yeah. Well, I mean, the fact is, like, p- people are here one day and they're gone the next, and we move on. But t- for someone to have l- lasted this long and still be and so... And and, con- you know, yeah. still had something awesome. And I think that's a lot of artists. And so that's something to think about. Like, when when you are an artist, when you're younger, that's awesome. And there's a lot of shared experiences about being young and awkward and confused or whatever and angsty. But I think there's so much good music that can come out of somebody who's really lived a life, right? And that's and he's obviously one of them. That's really cool because you don't hear that that often or become irrelevant. I just found out something yesterday. It was crazy that he battled six heart attacks during his battle with cancer. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason he stopped performing. Uh, he had a heart attack on stage. Um, I think it was 10 years ago. And that's why, like, he hasn't performed live since then. Oh, my gosh. But... <laughs> I'm, like, complaining. I was like, I had a bunch of colds. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah. Anyway. Pr- but, no, yeah. And his... um. His legacy lives on. His son is a pretty successful film director, um, Duncan Jones. Nice. Um, he was the one who did Moon and uh, Source Code. I don't know those, but you know, you should definitely watch Moon if you like Ex Machina. You should okay. watch Moon. Down. Yeah, Totes. yeah, it's um, it's pretty good. But yeah, Down. yeah. David Rest Bowie. in peace, David Bowie. Yeah. I know everyone's gay. Like, oh my god, who cares about David Bowie? Because I didn't listen. I like, Who's no, saying that? No one's saying that. are people. No, there are people who are like saying, well, why do you care? Because you're jumping on the back. I'm sorry, but when I was, when Michael <laughs> Jackson passed away, I was kind of inconsolable for a while. I really felt like I'd lost a friend. I understand. So even though I'm not a huge David Bowie fan, you know, maybe I'll be his fan post-mortem. But it's something about good, like incredible music that moves you and inspires you. You can't, and they and they're gone. It does make you reflect. So I think anyone's like hating on that can go shut it. It's rude. <laughs> I think what's important is his legacy of like he. Well, he was always about pushing the envelope, about yeah, progressing, and yeah. not you know. You see a lot of people posting about how David Bowie helped them be okay with being weird or yeah. being odd. And he's I making think... me feel okay with being weird <laughs> like, right now. <laughs> yeah, That's and I does. think. 
that's a, I mean, if you're going to leave a legacy, you know, good music's one thing, but to like inspire and to be the kind of support for a lot of people. Yeah. Especially in this world where like conformity is so like, it's such a big deal, you know, to like say yeah. it's okay to be weird because for, for people growing up, but you know, like that's the part of, you know, becoming an adult is being okay with who you are. Yeah. And the earlier you learn that, the more, I guess, I don't know, the more adult you become. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense, but. I agree. No, it's maturity. And, and it's funny thing that of so many people that I've met throughout my life, everyone feels like they're the weird one out, which is so bizarre, right? Like you could be the most popular or the not most, like they still feel the same on the inside. You could take the least popular, most popular person. This For some reason they feel singled out, awkward, strange, like they don't belong. Everyone has that feeling. I feel like it's a very universal feeling, something that we can be very protective about. And that's why I think people like uh, artists who are unafraid to be themselves and be totally off the wall and unique are necessary because on a bigger level, they're just like, yo, do you be weird. It's cool. I got your back. I'm wearing my my rainbow colored jumpsuit as well. Come join me. It's all right. We'll dance. Yeah. <laughs> be weird, guys. Don't wait till you're 30. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, David Bowie, for teaching us to be us. <laughs> and on that note, uh, we're going to take a quick break before coming back and talking about the beginning of award season. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know why it's creepy. Ooh, I don't but... know either. It is kind of creepy, though. We'll go. <laughs> we'll be right back. And this podcast is brought to you by Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in arts and entertainment, discovering, elevating, connecting, and showcasing the great talents in our community. And Collaboration wants to work with you. We're now recruiting for the 2016 season in all our member cities. Um, we're in 14 cities this year. And if you go to www.collaboration.org, um, you can check out how you can be a part of the movement and help elevate the Asian American community. Check us out. Not check us out. Come join us. That sounds really (laughs) creepy and like cultish. It's not really about that. It's just a really fun community. (laughs) Come give it a go. Well, Christine Minji Chang, you're the executive director of Collaboration. I am. Why should someone join the movement? Well, Marvin, you're right. There are a number of reasons why so much collaboration it's a really great opportunity to try out something unique and new i don't think there are a ton of people who do event production but it's honestly a lot of fun and i know there's a lot of people out there who said i want to run a concert i want to plan a wedding i want to plan a party it's kind of all the same things um and i think that experience is really unique and interesting to kind of make something go from an idea to an event that a lot of people can come gather and enjoy uh, that's one really big thing. Second thing is just, well, actually, that's second. First thing is you get to meet a lot of really amazing people. Um, the collaboration movement has, I don't know, when I think of who's come out of collaboration, I'm just blown away. I'm kind of sad that I wasn't in staff when they were. Uh, but I, during my time, I've also met some really fun, amazing, smart, driven people from a lot of different backgrounds from all over the country who just want to be part of something really fun and engaging and important to the community so never know who you'll meet we've had you know people 
from accounting backgrounds and from film backgrounds and people who are DJs and people who work for major networks now and people who work for fashion industry and everyone just has their different path. And so I think this idea of entertainment and our identity brings us all together. Third of all, leadership development, you're going to learn a lot about yourself and um, build some new skills that you never knew. So join Collaboration today. Um, Again, that website is www.collaboration.org and um, you should be able to get to the application page um, on the banner on the top of the site. Um, And finally, one last thing. Again, thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, We couldn't have made it to episode 50 without your support. Um, If you want to write a congratulatory email or ask us a question for us to read on the air, um, you can send that to podcast at collaboration.org. We always love to hear from our listeners. And for those of you who are subscribing to us through iTunes, we would definitely appreciate a quick rating and review on um, about our podcast. Um, whatever you want to give us, whatever you want to write is fine. Um, just the mere fact that you're reviewing um, the podcast will help us reach more audiences. And yeah, I think that's it for collaboration updates. Check out the events calendar for upcoming events in your city. And definitely think about joining the collaboration movement this year. Um, it's going to be a big, it's a big year for us. Um, we're trying a lot of new things and you definitely want to be a part of that. So um, yeah, that's it. Now back to the show. And we're back. Welcome back to the Collabcast. Um, my name is Marvin York. Joining me is Christine Minji Chang. Bonjour. And Minji. What's up? Do you know what time it is? What time is it? It's award season time. Oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> the Golden Globes was last Sunday, and that's what we're going to talk briefly about, and also award season um, during um, this segment. Uh, did you get, manage to catch the award? Like, I'm in Taiwan, so I only got to catch the results afterwards, but... Ditto. Um, Actually, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't see it, because I was... Oh, no. I was snowboarding, man. I'm sorry, but... It won. This suddenly became a terrible topic because none of us saw it. a terrible topic because there's so many (laughs) different awards. It's not all about the Golden Globes. They just kicked it off. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, the first thing I saw was uh, a couple posts about how The Martian won for Best Comedy. I was like, what the... (laughs) So confused. I thought that was a joke. No, that was for reals. And Matt Damon won for Best Actor in a Comedy. Or musical. I, just, I didn't know the Martian was a. I haven't seen it yet, but I didn't know it was a comedy or a musical. Now I kind of want to watch it. It was not a musical, or so is it that the, is that the category comedy or musical? Yeah, Golden Globes. Okay, they, they, was, uh, apparently the category is not a musical. They categorize it as a comedy, but was it a? I always thought. Anyways, anyway, yeah, that was I don't a. Know how that you was one of those. that because <laughs> I felt like there were funny. I mean, it was definitely humorous, and there it was not without humor. But I, I think they just really wanted to give the Martian an award, but they couldn't give it in the drama category. Because I, who won for drama? Oh, I should have pulled up the results before. But that's not the point. What I really want to talk about is the awards for uh, Best Actress for TV. Because um, one of the things that I w- I've been seeing is that like people were kind of met on the movie awards, but they're really psyched about the TV awards because, you know... What's her? Who's the the lady from Empire? Oh, Taraji Henson. Yeah, she won for Best Actress uh, in a Drama 
on TV, and Rachel Bloom from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend won for Best Actress in a Comedy or Drama on TV, um, which continues the CW streak of having shows with low ratings win the big Seriously, award. The last no. year was Gina Rodriguez with um, with uh, Jane, the, Jane Virgin, the Virgin, which yeah. is such a great show, and I watched the whole season recently. Look at me. You did? You That's did. A- it was, it's a fun show. It's, it's, I like how they couch it in the uh, telenovela. Yeah, kind it's of hilarious. Style. I, I it was really well done. But yeah. Anyways. Have you seen Craziest Girlfriend yet? I have not. That's that's yet to be mm. seen. I'm I finally. You should on check it out. The Virgin. <laughs> I will. And so yeah, that kind of um, renews our hope that it'll it'll like Jane the Virgin get a much needed bump in ratings and get renewed for next year. Because did you just see the news on who's going to be in the season finale of of Craziest Girlfriend? No. Oh, oh, Leah Salonga. Salonga. Yeah. Jasmine. <laughs> a whole new world. No, I love Taraji P. Anson. Um, Sorry to go back to her, but she won for Cookie. And when she, that's the clip that I saw. Like when she won, she gathered up all the cookies and was handing them out when she was running up to the stage. And she sassed the, the, the camera person. She's like, I'm not stopping. I've waited 20 years for this and went off. And it was hilarious. But. I'm super happy for her. I've yeah. only watched a couple of episodes of Empire, but she's definitely a great character, and it's it's a very yeah. I haven't, uh, I haven't started way. that show neither. I feel like yeah. that's gonna be like that. That's gonna be a binge. Um, yeah, I think and then I guess relevant to the Asian American <laughs> perspective is um, Aziz Ansari was nominated for Best Actor for Comedy in, in uh, Television, and then did you see what he did? Um, he um, when they the announced. Yeah, when they were announcing the nominees, he was holding up a book saying how to lose to Jeffrey Tambor with dignity. With dignity. <laughs> Even though he lost to the guy from um, Mozart in the Jungle. Yeah, um, I heard that show. And not really Jeffrey Tambor. Too many shows, you guys. Yeah. Um, no, but I love Aziz. I heart Aziz. Forever. Both were, I think both are, like, a lot of the nominate, nominees for, at least for male, best male actor in a comedy or musical on TV were streaming shows. Mozart and Jungle, I think, is a Hulu show. Aziz Ansari's Master of None is a... Oh, it is Amazon. Okay. Um, Aziz Ansari was on Master of None, which is Netflix, and then Jeffrey Tambor is in Transparent, which yep. Another is Amazon. also Amazon. Yeah. Dang, so. Amazon. <laughs> Ugh, I can't keep up. No, there's a lot of things I need to watch, but um, one of the things that I just overall... Like, award season has become such its own culture, right? Like, everyone expects to start off the new year by who won 2015, right? And it's a fun time. It's a huge deal for fashion, right? Because the only reason why actresses matter is because what dress they're wearing. And that's another thing that I could get into. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It's, it's uh, to me... When I was younger, I was like, I want to just, I want an Oscar. I want to win the Academy Award. That's all I want is this, you know, inside I'm this aspiring actress, right? But then the older I get and when you, you take a look at the awards and understanding how it all works, I mean, it was, if I got an Oscar, I would be, it would be incredible. I would be sobbing all over the place. But at the same time, you recognize, at least amongst the people that I know, how political it is. Like, the, exactly, like The Martian. That's so weird. <laughs> I feel like that was a really political move. Like somebody wanted the Martian to win an award. Like how it just doesn't. I'm sorry. It was a really funny movie, but it doesn't equate to me as a comedy. So I, I don't know. There's something off-putting about that. And it's really weird to see how everyone vies for these awards. 
but then a lot of people kind of like roll their eyes at them as well. I don't know. It's a bizarre thing. Yeah. It's, ho- it's ultra Hollywood. Well, I mean, maybe they realized that they couldn't win. Oh, who won? Like, I think Best Picture Drama was The Revenant, right? Right. Yeah. Which like, is who a. Who the money to it's make by that? The, <laughs> well, it's, it is by the dude who directed Birdman, so. Oh, I know. I love him so much. Yeah. And I heard that The Revenant is just ultra, ultra intense. I have that's I think why I haven't watched it. That and like be, like the movie Beast of No. I had it. I had movies. it um, explained to me as a like a mo- movie, a one man show about like torture porn. It's like yeah. yeah, and it's almost three hours long. So the resounding yeah. feeling everybody has when they walk out is like, oh my god, thank god I survived, and thank god <laughs> I live in modern times with heat and <laughs> modern yeah. men and food and water. But anyway, congratulations. I think it's it's great that, uh, you know, well, Leo still, the, the Oscar thing is like the issue with Leo, right? That he hasn't won an Oscar yet. Is that what it is? I, I'm not sure. Yeah, there's that story. <laughs> but anyways, I'm, I'm excited. And and I hope that uh, I'm, I'm honestly, the, my, my personal uh, interest in this is the red carpet work where um, <laughs> the interviewers, I hope that they're asking women better questions. Because this has been an ongoing issue of, and it's, you know, it is, again, a great day for fashion to see all these beautiful dresses and how fashion evolves and the new art. It's art. I I love it. But also, there's a lot more to the actress or the person being interviewed than what they're wearing. And so, that's become, I don't know. I don't know if you've heard about this or it's something that you care about. But I hope you do because it means... Women are actually being asked about their work instead of just what they're wearing. <laughs> but, but I mean, the red carpet itself is, yeah, it's a giant photo op, right? Like, we yeah, run red then, carpets. <laughs> yeah, but, and I think it's more limited for men, too, just because, like, what men can wear and do wear. Unless you're wearing, like, the Dumb and Dumber tuxedos, everyone's going to be in a, in a pretty similar-looking suit, right? But yeah. for the dresses, there's a lot more variety. So, again, I get that, but... There are so many talented actresses. Like, it would suck to just go up to Kate Blanchett and just be like, yo, so what are you wearing? Okay, thanks, bye. Like, <laughs> no. What was it like working on Carol? How did you, you know, there are a lot more things to ask her the same that you would ask Christian Bale or whoever. What's your work <laughs> ethic? What's your process? Like, what? who do you want to work with? There's so many different things. Why are you always like, what are you wearing? Bye. I feel like that's kind of what, like, press junkets and the after interviews are for. Right. Because I don't know, not to say that, you know, the red carpet has to be about, you know, the dress or whatever, but it's kind of the whole like the media wants the media is interested in what people want to see. We'll Well, get them a lot of (laughs) get them a lot of views. But see, this is also the argument that and this I go back to David Bowie because his argument, like when you hear this guy reason with him in 1983 about why there are no black musicians, like their why their music is not being played on MTV, right? He's saying that we have a certain uh, demographic. In essence, he's saying we have a certain demographic that watches our content, and we can't veer too off of like what they want because there's kids in Poughkeepsie. Like it's different with New York and Los Angeles, but you have a kid from Poughkeepsie, and he doesn't necessarily understand black music like i forgot which artist he brought up they mentioned like the isley brothers and marvin Gaye. i was like how is that discriminatory because you live in la and new york versus poughkeepsie like that's just you're not even allowing people to have access to 
you're not even making it an option, right? So you're being dictated because, oh, everyone cares about the dress. How do you know that they don't care about Kate Blanchett or Julianne Moore or anybody's, you know, interest in their own work and who they work with and yeah. their process, right? Like, I mean, I guess what I'm saying about. is, like, if you're going to, if you, the people asking those questions on a red carpet is not on E. It's probably on some other outlet or, you know. Right, right. Yeah, it's, I think you're asking a little too area. much of E to it's, go It's a murky <laughs> area, but like, and yes, photos and all that and sex sells, but it's, I, I'm noting, I'm not saying like take the fashion out of it or don't take, like all that's fun too, but make it fairer and be respectful of the person that you're talking to by not putting them down into being just like a dress up doll because they're artists. And I'm saying that it happens predominantly for women. That's why that conversation even exists. So yeah. I'm, I didn't watch this year's red carpet interviews. I'm just putting it out into the universe that I hope that the quality of the questions were better and, and, and uh, about a variety of topics versus just a couple. That is my <laughs> wish. So we'll see. I'm going to spend some time going watching red carpet. Are you going to watch the red carpet after the fact? Yeah, maybe. You know, I mean, I've never actually attended an Oscar party either. And I heard that there's some pretty fun ones. And we have a lot of really, you know, vibrant friends here in Los Angeles. I think it'd be fun to put one together. I don't even know when they are. Wait, an Oscar watching party or an actual Oscar, like, after party? No, 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 like a, a watching party. Yeah, like an Oscar uh, viewing party where people get together, get fancy, drink champagne and all that stuff. But anyway, okay. I know not everyone cares, but I think it'd be fun. Wait, to watch the whole, like, red carpet and stuff? Yeah. Well, that's usually usually when people get together and start drinking. So they're probably not paying attention. But that's, mm. like, the pre-party time. And then you actually watch together. I wonder who will perform. Anywho. Um, yeah. Um, hopefully <laughs> someone sure. will make a party for you, I guess. Or you can... Or we can make one ourselves. Make that's one, what, that's yeah. how we roll. Martin's like, I'm not going. I don't care. Um, no, I'm just... I want to... What's the word? I can't think. I can't English right now. Moving on. It's okay. Um... Marvin, if you were going to win an award for your artistry, what would it be? What would you want to win? I don't know. What kind of award would I win? That's what I'm asking. I'm, this is like a visualization exercise. Down the road, will you be winner of producer, best producer of radio show? Or not, not, not sure there's no award for that. Is there? Um, we can make one. Well, because people ask me, they're like, well, would you want to win best TV actress? Would you want to win best director? You know, all these different things that I've said I wanted to do. So that's been running through my head recently. What, do mm. I, what would I want? What would what would you like? Not the award itself, but kind of like what do you want your legacy to be? I don't know yet. Not sure. Marm's just gonna let it come to him. I'm more of a visualization <laughs> person. Like, let's manifest this thing. <laughs> and I still haven't decided. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't really you thought marinate. about it. I'm gonna ask you this again. I I guess like it'd be nice to be recognized for work that I've done. Right. But I'm not sure in what form that'll be. Right. And I'm not sure. Because like, so the thing with like awards you get 
is a lot of times, the, like, you, like you mentioned, like the worst process is also very political, mm-hmm. right? It involves not a small amount of tooting your own horn, which is not something I'm good at. That's why you get a publicist. <laughs> yeah. Your publicist and manager is supposed to be all over that. You just do your art. Mm. You just get like your sparkling water and your. Here's the thing too, and this is what I was, and definitely this. This is the far cry from like the little ten year old who's like, I just want to win an Oscar one day. It's not really the award that I'm gunning for, and I think for a lot of people, I don't think everyone's just like frenzied for what. There's definitely people out there who just want recognition, but I think it's like. For me, it was just I want to have been part of something amazing of that caliber, I guess, of of project. Right. And then to have done such a good job in making that project come alive. You know what I mean? Like when I look at actors who just were the character top of my head, I'm thinking of Daniel Day Lewis from Lincoln. Right. He didn't do if he wasn't one thousand percent dedicated to his job and putting all of himself into his art. Lincoln would not have been Lincoln. Right. Because of Daniel Day-Lewis, he made it that way. And that's why people recognize him and think that's what I'm more fixated on than, like, I need a gold statue in my foyer thing. Um, hmm. And I think that's a lot of artists do. But then there's definitely ones that are just like, no, my career is nothing until I have somebody, you know, the Academy has recognized me. Which I can understand. I'm barely in the industry. but Well, yeah, I mean, these awards have always been about recognizing achievements right mm-hmm. um it's pretty sweet validation not gonna <laughs> lie and i'm wondering do these do these awards come with like a cash prize as well not that a lot of these celebrities need more money but i'm just curious i don't you're asking the wrong person okay this is your like, this is, is your it, domain not mine. i know this <laughs> i need to do more research this is all just making me aware that i need to know more but I heard, like, my friend said, oh, I won't want an Oscar. I want a SAG award because that's, I guess, the voting process is different. It's by your peers. It's, like, people within the Screen Actors Guild. So yeah. to them, they're like, it means more to me that people that I respect and that are people that I know chose to choose me, et cetera, <laughs> versus the Academy. I don't know. A lot of politics I need to understand. What am I getting myself into? Um, I mean, there's, there's politics everywhere. So Right. It's just part of life. Yeah, well, hopefully you get that award someday. Um, I'm going to start by throwing my first Oscar party. I hope I can do it <laughs> here. I'm like, now I'm planning all this stuff in my head. I don't know if it'll work out. But we'll see. Mm. Come on over, Marv. We'll have our friends. <laughs> we'll have some bubbly. I'll have to figure out a way to stream it. Oh, yeah, you don't have TV. I know. This is a problem for wah, most wah. people who don't have TV. I can't watch sports. I can't watch anything. Watch anything that's on Amazon and Hulu and YouTube. It's about it. and Netflix. Still <laughs> a lot. I think that's a big that that's probably your number one thing you need to uh, figure out for your yeah. Oscar party. How to get network television. But yeah, no, sounds great. And yeah, we'll keep an eye on award season to see who else uh, is worth checking out. Uh, it was great to see Sylvester Stallone win for his role in Creed. Um, I know that's something you you watched recently. Oh, I'm gonna start crying. And <laughs> and kind of bummed that Constance Wu wasn't nominated, but you know, we got you, Constance. We're rooting for you. 2016 is your year. Yeah, and 2016 will be. Hopefully, we'll see a lot more Asian faces on. Screen. Oh, I finally finished. Um, speaking of Asian faces on TV, I finally finished Master of None. Since nice. Netflix is finally in Taiwan. 
And now we can talk about all the things. <laughs> Maybe that's something we can save for next week. But man, those last two episodes. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm waiting for, man. Okay, we'll talk about that next time. And on that note, uh, that oh, that's a podcast. Episode fifty is over. Uh, sorry, we don't have any confetti or special, you know, sounds or anything. But um, thanks for listening, everyone. Remember, if you can always send us an email at podcast at collaboration.org. Always great to hear from you guys. And one final yeah. request: If if uh, I know that Marvin always asks for the ratings, but please share this with your friends if you feel like uh, they're there's anything meaningful that you thought we covered um and letting other friends know about this i really appreciate it share that tweet that <laughs> hashtag collabcast all right and so we'll see you guys next week for episode 51 aka or also known as marvin's back in the states podcast if we're doing episode 51 we should talk about aliens i'm just putting it out there anyway have a great week <laughs> that was that was a good one all right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. A disco guy. Excuse me, I heard bang bang, I heard shots. The mino barge in the interrupt your workshop. Without you, the show stops. I heard you're thirsty, so I got you a cold pot. Hey, 